Hi, everybody. Welcome, welcome to Choices Finding Your Joy. And we are going to find some more joy today. I have back with us a guest who has done several shows with me over the years. I love having him, having him back. We have with us Rob Leonetti, who is a trans, transformational speaker, author, and entrepreneur. And he just chats about a different subject every show. So I'm really excited to hear what we're going to talk about today. First off, welcome. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Paula. Thank you so Hi. much for having me. <laughs> Thank you. So excited to share with you a little bit. Um, tell us, what, what is your theme today? Oh, okay. Um, well, it's wonderful to be back with you, Paula. Thank oh, you so much thank for you. inviting me. And it's always great to share information and uh, just have just have a wonderful conversation with you and hopefully uh, empower your audience with a little bit more information than they may not have had. Um, I know that kind of thing always benefits me. So today I want to speak uh, to you and your audience about something that impacts all of us, and that is our friend stress. Um, I'd like to take... Uh, I'd like to take a little journey around the good, bad, and ugly of it. Uh, how to recognize some of the more uncommon ways it could show up in your life and provide some techniques to better manage it. And stress is out there, Rob. So there's no immunity, right? Um, but first I'd like to, to kind of kick off the talk with a particularly stress-filled year in our country to kind of make an analogy and that was 2012. It was it was a year that saw Superstorm Sandy pummel the East Coast where I am and just the devastation and uh, that took its toll on both structures and people and their hearts and their finances. It was just awful and it was the year also, um, from a different perspective, that a Penn State football coach was convinced of heinous crimes of sexually abusing young athletes for years and years. And I think the most disturbing thing about the years, 2012 marked the rise of mass shootings in the country. One in the movie theater in Colorado that 12 people were killed and 70 wounded. And then that horrific, unimaginable event at Sandy Hook Elementary School that took the lives of 20 innocent children and seven adults. I mean, I think these unthinkable crimes that were experienced then and so many more since then were born of mental illness, brought on by years of severe, unmanaged stress. Stress can take many forms and usually start slowly. That's the thing. And it almost is unnoticed. I mean, from anxiety to criticism and intolerance to bullying and shaming, which can lead to depression and even suicide. Yes. We know stress contributes tremendously to PTSD, rage, and as as is very well illustrated, violent acts. Now, 2012 wasn't the best year for me either. Um, 
I watched the majority of those terrible events unfold from a hospital bed. I'll talk a, a, I'll talk a little bit more about this uh, in a bit because it's really important to me as a human being to have people realize that they're not alone and that nobody is immune to the effects of stress. And so, I mean, we know each other, but so why listen to me? Well, for over 30 years, I've been a student of the human condition as it relates to behavior, physical and mental health, and the mysterious interconnection between our mind and our body. I explore this through the eyes of my own life's journey and by leveraging disciplines like neuroscience, biology, and how the profound energy that gives us all life brings it all together. I've interviewed dozens and dozens of experts in these respective fields to understand the hows and whys of my life and challenges, to develop a new sense of self-awareness and self-regulization, and to live my best life, try to, and share the lessons with others that may benefit. Wow. So Paula, I mean, you know, we are in a worldwide epidemic of stress. The demands and the pace of society, my gosh, to do so much more with so much less at lightning speed has people stretched to their mental and physical brink just to keep up, let alone get ahead. We're frustrated, we're weary, we're on edge as a society, and we've seen evidence every day when we turn on the news and see another story of intolerance and hate every single day. Yes. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in the more you know about something, the better you're able to deal with it. So without further ado, let's take a look at what stress and the stress response is. So anything with a backbone and a spinal column responds to stressful situations by the way of a sympathetic nervous system we all have, releasing hormones such as adrenaline. Um, the adrenaline is a response to a stimulus, and this instantly, instantly, and we've all experienced it, increases our heart rate, tenses our muscles, dilates our pupils, gets us ready to fight or flight, just like it's spoken about. The stress response is obviously incredibly ancient, but it was originally designed by nature to protect us from things like being eaten by mean, scary beasts. Um, the problem is with our big brains and our highly developed functioning cerebral cortex, we can hang on to that stress and those emotions and those hormones for a very long time which could have devastating consequences to our health. The chemicals can even speed up the aging process and rewire the brain, leaving us much more vulnerable to anxiety and depression. But the fact is, even in modern times, our stress response is doing pretty much the same thing it did for our ancestors, pretty much what it was designed to do but for less dire circumstances and for longer periods of time. I mean, a short burst of adrenaline gives us motivation 
and energy for the challenges of life, but a steady stream just makes us run really stressed out and we could become very, very sick. And I think the most dangerous thing about stress is how easily it creeps up on us. You don't notice how it's affecting you most of the time until it takes its heavy toll and hits you like a ton of bricks out of the blue. So with that, that kind of leads me to the story I was alluding to earlier about myself. Um, so back to 2012, mm-hmm. year that will live in infamy. Um, in the course of that year, I suffered from a serious stress-related illness called hypersensitive vagal disorder, which basically means a big part of my nerves, of my nervous system, kind of blew up inside me and sent my body into a free fall of pain and panic on a daily basis. It winds up the root cause was the buildup of decades of anxiety and depression deeply rooted in childhood trauma. Stress has taken a dramatic toll over time and changed the physiology of my body from the inside. So this landed me in the hospital, as I was mentioning before, no less than eight times that year and had me visit, gosh, I think it was 18 different doctors in seven different specialties who all told me that there was nothing wrong at all. But I was suffering, this was real, and everyone around me knew it, but I wasn't about to live my life like this. So I took it upon myself to learn enough about my symptoms to finally find doctors who understood what I was experiencing, and I received treatment. Although it's not a completely curable ailment, with the right medication and by practicing mindfulness, and meditation, I slowly came back from the edge that I was on for nearly two years. I work on myself every day, and I'm grateful for the lessons I've learned, even though they were (laughs) traumatic. Um, But stress is not only a silent killer, it's a silent torturer. So ever since then, realizing that life is way too short, I started carrying this little coin and this little coin is a memento mori coin it says it on the top and that's latin for remember you will die and that sounds morbid but it's not because we forget that life is not forever Mm -hmm. we take things way too seriously And this is where we end up in stressful situations. And then at the end of our lives, we say, why did we possibly stress that much? And it's always the main regret out of of anyone on their deathbed. Now on the back of this coin is an inscription um, by Marcus Aurelius, the Stoic uh, Roman emperor. And it says, you could leave life right now. Yes. So... This is, I keep in my pocket, and it reminds me that you don't know if tomorrow is going to come, so you better not take everything so to heart and stress out that you make yourself sick and forget to live in the now and be happy 
because yes. this too shall pass. I love that, Rob. I have always told myself tomorrow is not guaranteed. You know, enjoy and appreciate today. And it's so easy with all this stress around us to be so focused on that and kind of forget to look around at what we're grateful for or what there is that, you know, brings us joy. Stress can, can really get in the way and block us from so much, can't it? It's so true. And it's really a number one help, um, help malady. And if we don't manage it, it completely controls us. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it doesn't just control us in our personal life. I mean, work is such a huge part of our lives, just a tremendous part. And stress is not isolated to our, our home life. Stress has a very large impact at work. And that's something I'm also very passionate about, how companies treat and value their employees. Um, we could all appreciate the fact that stress in the workplace can make our life a living hell. Uh, it's, a, it's an important subject. And it's, it's, a, it's a deep subject, but let me hit a couple of the high notes. Um, a Gallup poll of 2 million people found that 87% are unhappy at their job. That's a, a astounding statistic. Most of the world's 3.5 billion workers are not well because of the stress of their jobs, which include tension with their management, unreasonable demands and deadlines and around 76 percent are physically unwell because of it and one billion of those people suffer from anxiety and one-fourth of those have a degree of mental distress or illness due to workplace uh stressors i mean doesn't that make you want to skip the weekend and jump right into monday morning <laughs> i mean my god uh, the, the hidden cost of unwell workers represents 10 to 15 percent of the global economic output, which is in the trillions of dollars. I mean, thank goodness that finally forward thinking employers are recognizing the need to care and not only employ their people. So in 2018, another Gallup poll recorded that 40 per Four percent of the Fortune 100 have implemented some kind of mindfulness program. That's a step in the right direction. There is a long way to go, but at least that's a metric to say that the attention is being put there at least as a start. And I think we're seeing a shift uh, in many different places that the human being is the most important asset that a company has, not its product or its service, not its technology. It's the people behind all of that that actually is the company. So I'm very passionate about this subject and leadership, and it goes very, very deep. But I wanted to just hit some of those high notes. Yes. Now, the thing about it is, before you get a job, you literally have to grow up. So let's take a quick look at some facts about you know, young people, the next generation, the people uh, that will build our future. And it's important to realize that stress does not discriminate age or race or creed. So some more statistics. 
In a multi-year study, teenagers were asked about their general happiness. In addition to that, how they spent their time. It was found that teens who spent more time seeing their friends in person, exercising and playing sports, were happier than teens who spent more time on the internet, social media, playing computer games, or texting. So sure enough, happiness suddenly plummeted when? In 2012, the year the majority of Americans owned smartphones for the first time. I mean, what a wonderful device, but you know, it's such a shift in how we communicate. It seems they're the teenagers' lives were dramatically less joyful. This all led to a sharp increase in mental health issues for for children, well, children, young adults and teenagers, including anxiety, depression, self-harm, and even suicide. How sad is that? In other words, every activity that did not involve a screen of some sort was linked to more happiness. So they uh it's 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 very um it's very pleasing to see that real socialization needs to return um and it's important so so everyone including teenagers stays healthy and something young people need to do more of especially in this cyber online world yes so enough about the gloom uh, let's talk about how we make some things better. How's that? Yes, because we can, can't we? We absolutely can. Yes. The facts are on both sides. The facts of the matter is it exists, and the fact of the matter is we can manage it. So, I mean, we all live in like a sustained low-level stress response about 70% of the time. No organism on the planet can exist in that level of hormone elevation to stress. It, it, stress will just have a field day with us, and I know everyone could relate to that. Now, let me get my geek on a little bit, and let's go deep for a second so we could see how we could actually manage it through facts and science. Now, it is a scientific fact that over a long enough period of time, the hormones of stress will negatively, negatively affect our genes and create diseases. As humans, we have the dubious gift of being able to turn on the stress response in our hormones with just thoughts when we dwell on our problems, and we've spoken about that. So let's try and turn that frown upside down. So question for you, Paula. Yes. If your thoughts could make you sick, do you think your thoughts could make you well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Because they can. Yep. So, it's a, so we take it from this perspective. If we realize that all life, including all disease, which is part of life, are created from our genes. Um, until recently, scientists thought you were pretty much born genetically set in stone, nothing could change that. But through a process called epigenetics, genes can be changed during the course of your life. So it winds up genes can be regulated, up or down, shut off, turned on. Um, so our physiology, our bodies can be altered by, what do you think? 
by your emotions. Yes. So that means thinking can change your genes, which you pass on to your next generations. So it's not so much that because you were predisposed somehow, you can't change that, thus changing the next generation in your family, you know, for the better. Um, for example, we could make our genes responsible for cancer prevention, heart health, anti-aging, stronger, and upregulate them, switch them on by just visualizing an experience which creates an elevated mood. So from a scientific perspective, you can become healthier thinking happy thoughts. How great is that? Yes, and I, it's so exciting. I mean, really, to know that we do have that power to do that, that it's our, our choice. I think it's very exciting, Rob. It is, and just, I mean, you, a lot of people walk around wondering how and why you know, things happen mm -hmm. to them if they can change. And the, and the, and the take home story is absolutely. Um, and, and here's a little more proof. There was an experiment um, where several thousand gene markers were tested on a group of people under very controlled circumstances who meditated for, I think, four days. At the end of the four days, there was a common eight sets of genes that were upregulated, switched on, increased in strength. And they were genes that suppressed cancer and tumor growth, genes that grew new brain cells through learning, the gene that signals stem cells to go repair damaged parts of your body, and the gene that literally fights the effect of stress. How amazing is that? Yes. So meditation and mindfulness are no joke. They are not just mumbo jumbo. They are proven ways, scientifically and medically, to decrease stress, anxiety, and depression by changing the chemical makeup of your brain and shifting your well-being to a more positive state consistently. And now it's taken off. Social awareness and mainstream popularity of meditation, you could see it in endorsements by celebrities, and, and athletes and everybody's going on the bandwagon, which is an amazing thing. Um, its effectiveness is well documented for the treatment of PTSD to help our soldiers, um, treating children coping with trauma and shame and cyberbullying. Yeah. And it, it's just has a myriad of, of health benefits and it's all positive. So now, with the commercial for meditation aside, um, we also need each other. And that's really important to understand because we are social animals. And as cruel as we can be to each other, we also depend on one another for love and support. Having a strong social network is very important to overall happiness and mental health. Chronic feelings of loneliness, or social isolation make it harder to manage stress. People who have supportive networks of friends and family have greater life expectancies and fewer incidences of just about any type of disease. So what's the take home? Get out there and mingle, and mingle yes. with quality people. <laughs> and I really believe, Rob, that a pet can make us happier. And, You're absolutely right. You know, make a difference on our health. 
I read one time a study, people with pets lived longer. I mean, it's right. very cool. Very, very cool. It's the, it's the, it's the hormones and the chemicals of love and connectedness and, and, and feeling, you know, not alone. These are very, very powerful uh, chemicals in your body and, and, and they just spiral and create a, a much better sense of self and well-being and contentment and enjoyment. And these are very powerful for well-being and happiness. Um, so, I mean, I'll sum up by saying, as a society, we're spiraling out of control under the unsustainable pace of stress and burnout in the name of what? In the name of greed, in the name of war, in the name of intolerance and hate, all of which are connected to the occurrences of violence we become desensitized to because of their frequency. This has to stop. It just does or else this race will no longer be from our own hands. The amazing thing is we are also in the midst of a global awakening. You see it every day. And the balance between kindness and hate is changing right before our eyes. We are experiencing a fundamental shift in attention in the global collective. The social acceptance and cultivation of mindfulness and connectedness is finally giving mainstream priority to the authentic well-being of people. So, Paula, we have been on a ship with no North Star to lead us back from the violent storm we are in for so long. But now, finally, this wayward ship is being steered by a generation determined to take back and take care of its passengers who are traumatized by their journey. And it's my mission to be part of that generation. So let's have faith to your audience. Let's all have faith, live in gratitude for our lives and understand we do have control. You are not alone. And you do have control to steer your own ship towards a brighter tomorrow. And that is a fact. Oh, Rob, what a beautiful message. Oh, that makes me tear up. But that's so true and so powerful. And, you know, what you are doing for so many, your clients, your audiences, that's making such a huge difference. And, you know, it just shows what one person can do. And, and you're doing that for <laughs> others. I love it. Please share with everyone your contact information, your website, how they can find out more about you. Oh, sure. I'm happy to. Um, so my website is very simple. It's my name, robleonetti.com. And um, you can find me on Instagram at, at Rob Leonetti, and that's L-E-O-N-E-T-T-I. A big thank you, Rob. A big thank, thank you to everyone for joining us. Love, hugs, and blessings, Rob. Love, hugs, and blessings.